Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31. Y'all know this uh, proverb. We'll look at verses 10 through 31. A virtuous woman or the wife of noble character. We'll talk about it next week. I've got some exciting things we'll share again about prayer. The next couple of weeks, I've got plans to bring some more uh, messages on prayer. We've talked about it in the last couple of weeks. Uh, but this week, I wanted to have sort of a, a, I thought about it, and I said, this is for Mother's Day, but it actually is, is for all of us because God's Spirit speaks to us through His Word. And uh, But this is such a, a wonderful uh, a scripture here, and being the Word of God, obviously, but uh, it's great. Anybody got it would like to read maybe the first 10 verses and maybe, um, and then we'll read, the, somebody read the next 10. I like to have people participating. Anybody got the first 10? They want to stand and read it loud? Sid, if you would. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Sid, for not preaching for me. But you can anytime. <laughs> Okay, she's oh, with the hand. She is like the merchant ships. She brings us her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maiden. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hand, and she planteth a vineyard. She she girdeth her lines with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the window and her hands hold the distaff. So she stretches out her hand to the poor, yea. She reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household. Her household are clothed with garlic. Make of herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and dwelleth. He liveth girdles unto the merchant. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth. With wisdom in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not their bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. So favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord she shall be praised. I give her of the fruit of her hand and let her own works praise her in the gates. Amen. Amen. May God add blessing to the reading of his word. You know, I don't know whether we're in a post-Christian era or not, but I sometimes believe that, certainly. But one thing is for sure, the church is not dead and Christianity is not dead. Okay. We may be in that sense. And my brother was talking to me a couple days ago, and he said that during the Easter season, that a friend of his witnessed to, to 10 people. And out of the 10 people, nine of the guys that he witnessed to rejected what uh, his friend was talking to them about Jesus about. In fact, a couple of them were downright belligerent 
about him saying anything to him about Jesus. Now, I don't know if this is not indicative, but I know that we've strayed, and that's why we need revival. But certainly, if you would look at the families 100 years ago or 200 years ago, uh, there's a big difference between the families today, isn't it? Okay. That's a big difference, really, in the families that when you think about it, uh, during my generation, maybe all of our generation here today, and, and as we were raised up, you know, when my father said to do something, then uh, I did what he told me to do. There wasn't any backlip because I knew there'd be discipline that would result as a result of that, certainly. Uh, things are a little different now. The parents raise children differently, and I'm not going to judge or maybe to assess how that is. All of us know that. We've been in restaurants, and we're seeing ch children running wild. And we see today that many times parents seem to be that they want to be a friend to their particular child, and yet uh, we're not called to do that. We're called to be a parent. So things have changed in our uh, time of being here uh, in, in our lifetime. And I believe it is certainly when we look at the drawing away from uh, what really we should do is because of secular humanism, a uh, thinking that believes that really in a way that we have got to sort of uh, uh, think the way the world thinks or do things the way the world thinks, certainly. And certainly we know that the Bible gives us the guidelines for life. The Bible is what we should base all our decisions upon, and certainly not only in the home, but in the marriage and in parenting. And it is framed in the parameters of God's infallible and inerrant and authoritative word there, the Bible. And the truth of God's word should not only shape our beliefs and practices in all of our areas of life, and I say all of our areas of life, but certainly there are absolutes that guide us through life. And, you know, I've given y'all statistics in the past about when they take surveys and polls or whether or not people believe in absolutes. And they poll people in the church today, I think maybe probably pretty accurate. And a large percentage of people who should know what the Bible says believe in things that are not in the Bible at all. In fact, many of them are contradictory to what the Word actually says. And so we see people who are going, well, there doesn't, there are not really any absolutes. There's not an absolute here. It's all subjective. It's all relative to uh, what the situation is. And we know that's not true. There are absolutes. If, if you sin, there's going to be discipline. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, it says if we're not disciplined, then we're not children of God. We will be disciplined. There's grace involved, thank God, in all of our lives. But God has a way of correcting us to where we say, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to sin against. He hates sin. Sin is hated by God, and we should hate sin the same way that God hates sin. But we've moved away from kind of that principle of holiness. The Bible says to be holy because he is holy, and yet we've walked away from that to a certain extent, certainly in this. That's why we need an awakening. We need to obviously be confronted by a holy God to see who he really is, and then we will be changed as a result of that. We will change our minds, and we'll change our direction in life. But the problem here today is our minds have been darkened by secularism and sin. 
And a lot of folks can't tell if something is biblical or secular. A lot of people today will tell me certain things, and I'm going, that's not biblical at all. In fact, it's directly contradictory to uh, the principles and the Word of God here. And so that's why we need to know the Word of God. The Word of God is living, active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It changes us. It pierces to the very the conscience of us. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't allow the world and its way of thinking creep in and, and take control of our minds. It's very important about that. We think that obviously that particular scripture applies only to our moral behavior, but actually it applies to marriage, raising kids. Instead, we leave a lot of those things up to pop psychiatrists and also to talk show hosts. But all of our relationships should be directed by the truth of Scripture, whether it be education, our finances, our political involvement, our jobs, our marriages, and certainly parenting. And so we see here in Proverbs 31, all of you, and, and we know that that word there, a noble character, is the NIV translation. But actually, the King James Version says, a virtuous woman, a virtuous woman here. And so we think virtuous actually means strength and valor and always excellent here. And throughout the Bible, this word is translated as able or capable, a virtuous woman, strength. And valor is what it says. And so here we see, real quickly, five qualities that I see in this scripture. First of all, in several of the scriptures, verse 11 and 12 and 23, it says that she is trustworthy and she's devoted. Listen to this. She, was her, she has her husband's confidence and she enhances his reputation. The second thing here is, is that she is a woman of diligence and wisdom. We see in verses 13 through 19, she's not afraid to work. She's a wise shopper, and she plans ahead. But also in verse 20, she's a giving person. She obviously extends her hand to the poor. She not only takes care of the family, but she's got some extra take, take uh, there that she will extend to the poor. She is dependable in verses 15 and 21 through 27. She's very dependable. He says, whatever adversity comes, whether or not it's bad weather or something else, you know she's already got a plan of how to deal with it. And then lastly, in verses, uh, the last verse is, she is a woman who loves the Lord. We see here, she is a woman who is directed by God's word and by God's wisdom. Now, think about this, ladies, today. And I'm not going to say there are virtuous ladies in here, and this place is full of them today. But some of them would say, hey, Jim, that sounds like a superwoman to me, you know? No, it's a woman that's obviously living a supernatural life in the power of a supernatural God, amen? And if we don't rely upon God and we don't rely upon the supernatural God that we have that relationship with, we cannot be that. But this is something that God is saying, and I believe Proverbs 31 is something that we're saying, Lord, work that in our hearts and our lives, certainly. You know, in describing a woman who's living in a supernatural way with a supernatural God, it has that way because there are few things that are more important to society than a godly mother. Think about it. I don't know of anything that's any more important than a godly mother in society today. 
And the reason why we've seen the crumble in society and the family crumbling, and many times our women have walked away from what God has called them to do. Now, it could be that obviously they never had walked with the Lord, or they may have just said, this is not worth it, and they've walked away from from, uh, their families, and they've kind of just chucked it all and so forth. But let me tell you today, I believe with all my heart that women are the glue to the family, certainly. And certainly, I believe that women play such an important role as far as society is concerned. It's very important here. Well, we think about it here. There are obviously some problems that mothers face. We look at these problems. We think about it over and over again because they're anti-Christian forces that are constantly at work to get us to adopt the values there and attitudes of the world there. We aren't supposed to be shoved into that mold that the world has for us. And, And let me tell you, motherhood is more important than a career. Not saying you can't do both, but let me tell you what is more important, and that is motherhood is more important than anything else in your life, in relationship. It is most important that you raise your kids and the admonition of knowing Jesus. How many people and mothers are not in church today? They're celebrating Mother's Day, I'm sure, because it's a national type of, of celebration but that their kids are not in church today. Many of them are not in church today. Many of them are not modeling Jesus for their kids because your kids, I don't know about you, but I, my kid, uh, she, rec- she notices everything in my life, obviously, and other people do also. And there are other people that watch you that you don't even know are watching you, that somehow as you begin and you're living a godly life, is it somehow that you want to live in such a way that it will demonstrate the life of Jesus Christ and allow the life of Jesus to live through you? It's so important. Mothers are so important. But also, listen to this in 2 Timothy chapter 3. It says, Know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying its power. From such people, it says, turn away. Now, if that's not describing our society today, I don't know what is. Look at the number of children who are disobedient to their parents. Look at the number of children that are ungrateful, that they're unloving, they're unforgiving. And we see this in society today. And so we see today that the family is being raised in perilous times to where these things are very, very clear. And we have to be on our guard against these. Perilous times will come in the last days because to be lovers of themselves and lovers of money, boasting, prideful, blasphemers are all sins of pride that comes from loving oneself. I don't know about you, but this is my opinion. When the self-esteem movement went through the school system, to where you had to sort of like, don't hurt little Johnny's feelings. I believe it did more as far as uh, tearing the fabric 
of our society down than anything else, I believe. And people turn around. Now everybody gets a trophy. I didn't get a trophy if I didn't win the particular contest I was in, right? Did you? They gave it to the winner. There are people who excel. And what that did for me, I don't know if it did it for you or not, but for me, it made me work harder to be able to say, I want one of those trophies. But nowadays, we can't hurt little Johnny's feelings. We can't hurt, you know, his self-esteem may be uh, injured permanently and so forth. My father never, never worried about my self-esteem. He never worried. My daddy didn't even know what self-esteem was. But let me tell you, my daddy raised me in a way. He parented me. My mother was the same way. I went in there. If I somehow said something that was disrespectful, I remember one day mama hauled off and she went, wound back and hit me. And I want to tell you, it was, that was it. That was all that was needed, okay? Do you think she worried about my self-esteem? Do you think that she knew about me, myself, and I, which society is continuing to tout today? No, she didn't. And I believe today, maybe if we look back 100 years, the mothers 100 years ago, or maybe 200 years ago, they wouldn't even recognize what's going on here. They would say, nonsense. When Susanna Wesley would pray, she put a towel around her head. And she would walk and she would pray because it was the only way. She had so many children. And those children that she had, the Wesleys, John and Charles and all of them that wrote a lot of John being an uh, itinerant pastor and so forth. And she prayed. And you want to believe, I remember reading writings about her, journals about what she did. Those children were quiet when their mama was praying. They respected their mama. You know, I remember when we would sit in conversations and we'd be in the same room with adults having conversations and we better not interrupt the parents speaking. I don't know about you. And you say, Jim, but you know, you're just kind of going overboard about this. Let me tell you, you got to get back to some of these basics that I believe are obviously have been the foundation of our society as far as respect. We're not to be friends with our children. We are the parents. We're the authoritative head. When a father obviously runs the household, and I'm not talking about in any way abuse and all of that. I'm not saying that at all, not even coming close. That I'm just saying there are boundaries that we set. A godly mother sets boundaries and knows what the word no means. And the children know what it means also. Children today, I remember Cindy back when she was principal and all, the parent came in and Cindy said something like, haven't you ever told him no? And the parent said, no, as a matter of fact, I've never told him no. He didn't know he was in elementary school. He didn't know what no meant. You set boundaries for them and you think your ch children will be brave. A lot of times parents think, oh, well, they're going to hate me. No, they're not. They're going to love you. They'll come through it. And they'll, be, they'll love you even more because they respect that. But you know why? Because it's built into them, it's God's creation, that they need that discipline. We need the discipline. That's why God speaks of it in his word. And you and I need that discipline also in our lives. We don't run roughshod over everything. We respect authority. We respect policemen. I love live PD. All right? I watch it. I may have should have been a policeman or something else, but anyway, I like live PD. But you know what I see on there? I see it, first of all, anybody that they stop in a majority of the cases, they're not carrying their driver's license. 
I mean, almost everybody, they stop. Nobody has their driver's license. I don't know about you, but I respect authority enough to where I have a couple times on occasions forgotten my, my, my driver's license or my wallet or whatever, and I was scared to death that I would be stopped by the policeman and he would ask for my driver's license. These people that are stopping, they're not respectful of authority. They're not being taught in the home that authority, what it means and how to live life, and how. And so what happens is when they get up to be adults is there's a major, major struggle because society in many ways will put them under their discipline. But you see, Satan's first attack was against the wife and it immediately affected the home. He still attacks us today, including my moms and wives there. But I want to tell you today, he attacks the family. And some husbands are lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They are proud. Kids, sometimes they're disobedient. People are ungrateful today. You know, I want to tell you, and I'm going to brag just a little bit here, and I pray that and I'm not boasting in the sense of, of that, but I heard it, and it blessed my heart. Uh, our grandson was with us on Friday night, and he, uh, his mother got him another toy, and... Uh, he, had, he was unwrapping, and he came, brought over, and he said, Pop, could I unwrap these little pieces, assemblies, that he was putting his particular fire station together. He loves fire stations and uh, utility vehicles and emergency vehicles and everything else. And so I was un- I unwrapped it for him, and I handed it to it, and he looked at me and said, Thank you, Pop. I went, Hallelujah. Something's working around here. <laughs> And I know that y'all think that is, I mean, but I'm saying people today are ungrateful, aren't they? They're not thankful. Do you know one thing I can do? Somebody may tick me off. Man, they may push my buttons. But if I'll take and turn it around and and, in the particular, particular scenario and so forth and say thank you, it diminishes. It takes the power away from that argument. Thank you. Just say thank you. Thank you for this and thank you for that. You don't hear it in the drive-thrus. I've said it many years. You don't hear it in society today. It's a sign of the times. It's a sign of that. Mothers teach their children about these things. She stays up late. She's making plans for the family. When the snow comes, she's got a plan in place already, working that out, thinking ahead. Mothers are extraordinary. Amen? They are extraordinary. We need to recognize that. We see here is that, you know, there's no discipline in the house, no discipline in the school. I've heard and some of the things that y'all been out of the school system, Jerry and, and uh, Cindy and, and others here, been out of the school system for a while. I dare if you go back in there and you see how sometimes some of them are run, you'd be really, I mean, aghast at how much they let go nowadays. They don't want to take and they had, there's no dress code. They don't want them to do this and that. And if you take and put a dress code on, everything breaks loose. The whole place. Things have changed. We need revival, folks. We do. And so we see here that God is working out. And, but I, I, I believe this, that the mothers are the keepers of the home, but we're supposed to be the protectors of the home. In other words, we shouldn't allow these things to infiltrate our homes. Now, let me tell you today, and some of you, I've told you, the husband here, the father, is the authority in, in, in the home. 
working side by side there with the white, the two of them. And when you're working in concert with one another, let me tell you, and the child sees that, you'll have a more peaceful home. But there has to be that particular echelon of authority in place. And I'm not talking about a dictatorial rulership. I'm talking about working together. But there has to be that person in the home, the father. And let me tell you today, we talked about, even last week we talked about, and this is not confidential, Darcy brought up, there are things that were maybe working in the home and so forth. And we talked as far as uh, Jeremiah and them going through and doing a house cleaning and taking authority over those things. The hot father. And the enemy knows that. And when the things are in the right place, let me tell you, you have authority over those particular elements because we are in a war and the enemy is trying to destroy the family. In many ways, he's been very successful at it. And he's working hard because he knows the family is the superstructure there, the foundation, the fabric for society. And a mother, a godly mother, plays such a role in that certainly here, you know? We need to obviously as husbands to love our wives as Christ loves the church. We need to do and help them, help them out and do things around the house, the chores. We need to, to be faithful in that. We need to pray for our spouses. We need to pray for one another. It's important to know that. And the power that's unleashed as a result of that, I guarantee you, you got children praying for you. You got children praying for you. Isn't that great? You know, when, when uh, your child, your adult child, in a lot of cases here, or even young ones will say something and they love you and so forth, it'll turn you every which way but loose. It just blesses your life, doesn't it? I mean, it's nothing like it. And the reason for that is it's so important in the kingdom of God. It's so important as God uses them. But also, you know, remember this. Remember the story in Luke chapter 10? In verse 38, and Mary and Martha were there in the presence of Jesus. And remember what Martha was doing? She was in in the kitchen. She was fixing things. Man, I'm busy. And Mary was seated at the feet of Jesus. Remember that? And remember, Martha got really upset and basically said, you know, Lord, why don't you tell her to come in there and help me? Why don't you get Mary busy in here and so forth? And remember, Jesus said, leave her alone. She's, she's chosen the, the best thing. She's, she's, she's taken a high road, sitting at my feet. You see, godly mothers sit at the feet of Jesus. Godly mothers seek the Lord. Godly mothers know they're dependent upon the Lord because when you are praying for a child, maybe a wayward child in here today. Maybe your ch- child's not in church or maybe your child is just not really uh, into the spiritual things or whatever it may be. I want to encourage you today. Do not give up. I was sitting there and I felt like God has told me this morning, all morning long, is don't give up. Don't give up. You see, I, I'm going to stop right now about this because I sit here today and I want to tell you, I saw you ladies come up front and you went from one side of the building to the other. And I thought, I'm just a pastor. I'm just another part of this church. But but how blessed I was to think this is that each one of you ladies have made a decision to come to Lighthouse Fellowship, that y'all place this as your home church, to come and hear the Word of God and worship our Lord. 
I thought, how great, how wonderful, how my heart just, I mean, it just swelled up and seeing all of you ladies lying in front of this church up, I want to tell you. And I, was, I thought about it in terms of the influence that all of you godly ladies that have come to church and you've persevered through hard things and you keep coming, that you have chosen this place to come on Sunday morning and to be involved in other activities like the one yesterday and other times when you can. How blessed that I know I am, but I know how God's heart towards you beats, beats even stronger this day because of your commitment. That's a blessing. Every one of you today. And I just bless every one of you here today and bless you in your ministry here to me and Cindy and to Lighthouse Fellowship because you're ministers to us, let me tell you. And how wonderful you are. Oh, every one of you, I could go down and I could speak something into your life that goes beyond anything because of my heart and my feelings towards each one of you. Because the blessing is that you've made decisions and you've stuck to them. That's godly mothers, isn't it? That's godly mothers. The ones that work hard, doesn't give up, that are prayer warriors. Prayer warriors for your family. Prayer warriors for our society. Prayer warriors for your church and for the church at large. I want to tell you, that's what it's all about. You know, that last verse is very important. The woman who finds her value in her looks will either have so much plastic surgery and Botox done that she'll end up looking like something out of a horror show. Or she'll devat certainly there is that she'll be a woman who fears the Lord. And that because of fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Cindy and I went to Las Vegas some years ago and we wanted, uh, I forgot, we just wanted, we'd never been there. We don't, I don't gamble or any of that. But I went to one of the buffets, y'all remember too. I think I was pastor in the church at the time. And we went to a buffet because I like buffets. And so they, they had to give you a ticket to get in the buffet. The buffet was obviously a certain price and I put it in my pocket. And I told Cindy there, I said, I got to be careful because if I go back to church one Sunday and I pull something out of my pocket, and that ticket from the uh, casino falls out on the floor, I'm going to be scrambling for an explanation. But we were sitting next to a lady one day, and she had uh, had, I think, too much Botox in her lips. And, uh, you know, they were puffed out really huge. They looked like they were swollen. It looked like she'd been in a boxing match. But they were puffed out like that. And we sit there and I thought, why does she want to do that? Why? Because today our society puts so much emphasis upon looks that we're like, if we can't be like everybody else, let me tell you today, the fear of God. A godly woman who fears the Lord is the greatest blessing. I don't know about y'all, but the older I get, it's kind of like everything just sort of goes south, right? It's like, you know, we try to just puff it up, puff it up. But what's really important are these things that the Word of God gives us, right? The Word of God speaks to your heart. We do what's right, all of you here. I just know, and I'll tell you, I just, again, bless you 
for being godly women here today and being a part here of uh, Lighthouse Fellowship. I walk in here and there's certain things that touch me and y'all walk in the door and we greet and uh, say hello and come in to worship. You guys and the children come in here and uh, we have people. Kathy called me on the way and said, I've got flowers, what do you think? And I said, great, let's do it. And um, giving you flowers and that yesterday, having a good time of fellowship together, bonding us in the bond of love, working together to build the kingdom of God. Amen. But ladies, how much y'all are the glue. Y'all are the glue. A lot of times, you know, men sort of sometimes stay away. And I, I commend your men. I'll talk about y'all here in a couple of weeks. It'd be good. Don't worry. Y'all come on. Don't stay away. But the women, I'll tell you, they give them such great leadership. We're the men, and certainly we give leadership. But the women and how important you are in the kingdom of God, I just want to bless you with that today. There's been two things, and I'll close with this, that God's been putting in my heart, and that is a passion for holiness. God is calling us to come out and be separate. A passion, consecration is the word. I've used that quite often. What that means is being set apart for God. I'll encourage you, maybe in, as the Lord leads you, to ask the Lord to consecrate every part of you, who you are, your mind, your will, your body, your, uh, your, what you look at, what you hear, what you think about, what you say, every action that you make, consecrate it to the Lord. Because I believe what God is doing in this, as he begins to move, that it's a, a, a move of holiness coming back, holiness unto the Lord. And I believe God is calling us back. Because all those things that may not necessarily be, be sin or be bad, but they're not God's best. God is beginning to take away and just say, I want all of you. And I want to experience the Lord in that manner. And I believe God is speaking through this. So I encourage you, consecrate yourself to the Lord. Say, Lord, I just kind of like that rededication to the Lord. May he forever be praised. Amen. Amen. Pray for our mothers. Pray for our families, our fathers. Pray for society. Ask for awakening. Pray. Don't give up. Keep persevering. Amen? All hearts clear? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, your truth. Thank you for godly mothers. Thank you for those who are here with us today. I pray special wisdom in their lives. And most of all, they would, uh, there would be an impartation of the fear of God into their hearts. A reverential awe and honor Worthy, worthy are you, Lord. There's no one like you. And we honor you this day. Thank you for this church, this assembly of, of believers. May you be praised. May everything that Lighthouse Fellowship and all who enter in do is to glorify your holy name forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.